4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting
1: Network. Okay, Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. This is the exciting time of the year as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, the big guy live downtown Las Vegas. v the Sports Betting Network. We start to rotate our regular cast of characters and really our friends. And the first one up post-Super Bowl is Zach Harper who is, if by my money, Jonathan Von Tobel, Zach Harper. They can battle it out for NBA supremacy when it comes to analyzing the sport. They're both freaking awesome. You can find Zach and The Athletic, of course, NBA writer at Talk Hoops on Twitter. The podcast, The Athletic NBA Show, Count the Dings, Cinephobe, where they check out bad movies. Of course, you can also hear him on SiriusXM
0: XM NBA radio. Zach, it's great to see
1: you. Welcome back.
0: Great to be back uh, with with the long list of things that that I do. We're we're out of time, right? We got to go. That's it. it. That was (laughs) my my segment. Yeah.
1: Your resume trumps everything. (laughs) It it is. It's great to see you. And I know know Boogie the dog is locked in a room during the segment. So just to make sure everything's copacetic. One thing that I don't know people quite realize is you started your NBA journey on the Timberwolves beat. That's when you and I years and years ago, I believe we would talk and you were on the Timberwolves beat and I'm taking a look right now. They're first in the West. We should start there because take a look at the championship odds like Boston's plus two hundred and sixty, The Nuggets are four and a half to one. And then a team that's sitting first in the West and the T wolves, they're 25 to one right now.
0: Yeah, that's their history working against them with the odds, right? Like no one believes in the Timberwolves because there's never been a reason to really believe in the Timberwolves other than like one year with KG and Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell. And of course, I, you know, you got to mention Trenton Hassel because he's a Timberwolves legend. Uh, but this is, this is really like their first chance. This is the best team they've, they've ever had like top to bottom. Um, it's just a matter of can Anthony Edwards bring them through the offensive troubles that they have when it gets to a playoff scenario. But this team is great defensively. They've got a shooting. They now have depth with the acquisition of Monty Morris. Ant is a star doing crazy stuff every night, but you trust Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs. Do you trust Rudy Gobert to defend in the playoffs? Do you trust all these other guys to step up? I've said for about a year or two now, I think Anthony Edwards is wolves proof. I think even the Wolves history cannot keep him down but we're probably like a year away from him really jumping to that next level. But is the number
1: disrespectful? Because take a look, the Knicks are 22 to one. The Suns are 13 to one. Even the 76ers are 22 to one. The Timberwolves sitting at 25 to one. We're constantly hunting quote unquote value. Does that seem too long to you? Disrespectful?
0: I think it's just because the West is so log jammed at the, at the top, right? Like you, you have four teams, I think are within a game of the of the one seed right now with the Wolves, the Clippers, the Thunder and the Nuggets. You can make the argument that the Wolves are the fourth best team out of those four teams. Right. And then that doesn't even count. Phoenix. I love what Dallas did at the trade deadline. They're going to jump up. Uh, There's just a lot of crowded, really great teams in the West. And then, of course, the Lakers and the Warriors outside of that, like there's just so much to to put on the wolves to say like, Hey, you have a great chance of making it through. Let's see them win a playoff round first. They've, they've literally won two in their franchise history, despite town saying last year that them winning the play in tournament was more impressive than the nuggets winning the, the NBA championship. We, we still need to <laughs> see them do something in the playoffs.
5: Oh, he's a weird guy. He's a weird yeah, guy. He's a weird cat. cat's a weird it, cat. Yeah. He is. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the voice changes a lot, too. Uh, you mentioned a team that I'm very intrigued by at 13 to one. The Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal's back. Most important body part since the Drake video leaked last week. Would you say Bradley Beal's back? Most impactful body uh, part in all uh, of the NBA
0: in all of the NBA. No, I'll still go with, uh, and this still sounds like we're talking about Drake, but the displaced flap of Joel Embiid <laughs> is a, uh, is definitely <laughs> the most important body part, but Bradley Beal. Look, here's the thing. I get it. People don't like super teams. They don't like big threes. You know what I call those people? Losers. All right. Elitism works in the NBA. Elitism will always work in the NBA. It is what drives basketball. It is these people are better than you at this, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that is the point of putting together super teams and big threes and everything, right? The Suns have tried to do that except they can't really defend anybody. They just brought in Royce O'Neal, which was a great pickup considering they really gave up nothing for him. And they just signed Thaddeus Young, who may still have a couple of quarters left in him. And you really just need him to play a little bit of defense. But this is a team that, and as as dumb as this is going to sound, they just try to outscore you. Right. Like they like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Bill. Good luck stopping one of those guys. You're not going to stop three of those guys. It's just whether or not they can get enough stops on the other end. But this Suns team, I'm super intrigued by them. Kevin Durant's playing some of his best basketball we've ever seen, which is saying a lot. They just need that. That big three has to be healthy for them to have any chance of taking somebody down. Z Harp is back.
1: Talk hoops on Twitter. Zach Harper Great to see him. Now, I'm taking a look at the East, and right now the Celtics, obviously your are one seed, 41-12. and Cleveland's had a tremendous year, Zach. Milwaukee is up and down. Shout the doc. New York's been awesome. I love watching the Knicks play. But the reason I bring up the East is because I'm looking for your Miami Heat. Remember, last year on the show, if you didn't want to cover up those luscious locks, you hung your hat on Miami Heat culture. And I'm taking a look. Let's see. Oh, here they are, Zach Harper. They're sitting eight in the East, playing 28 and 25, three games above 500, and 40 to one in the championship market. What's going on with your
0: culture? You know what we like to call that—the sweet spot. That's the, that's the <laughs> Heat right there, baby. The eight eight seed, 40 to one odds, doesn't really look like they can get their stuff together and do this. That's what the Heat do. They just lie in the weeds now. I'm less impressed by this heat team. I, you know, Terry Rozier pickup was fine because Kyle Lowry wasn't giving them anything, but he's not someone that I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to go win you bat- basketball games in a, in a playoff scenario. He might get you a quarter or two, which is really all they need out of him. Uh This is going to come down to, does Tyler hero still want to be there? And he's, he, does he buy into heat culture? Is bam out of bio all this offense that he's flashing the regular season? Does any of it make it to the postseason? And then Jimmy Butler, who's away from the team right now, is he going to be able to be Jimmy Butler? Right. And do, like, the one thing I'll say about them, Jaime Hawkins Jr. How did like how did this dude fall? Incredible, age? like he's so good, and not just good for a rookie. Like he's just flat out good. So he's an incredible find for them. They still have Caleb Martin who can step up. Duncan Robinson is dribbling now, and it's a good idea. Like I don't I don't know where that came from, but he actually dribbles the ball now, and it's not a mistake. They do have a lot that they can make you uncomfortable with. They have the best coach in basketball with Eric Spolstra. But if I if I said that, yeah, I feel confident in the heat right now, I'd be lying a little bit. Like I've, I'm still fairly confident in them to get their stuff together by the playoffs. But it has let it has looked more problematic this year than i
5: anticipated but certainly a team zach though with the right matchup in the first round of the postseason they could definitely mess things up for someone just because they have so much depth they're so physical and they can beat guys a bunch of different ways you mentioned tyler hero where do you come down on him as a as like a key piece because to me he's a as someone who bets a lot of nba props he's a guy i do not ever touch anymore because i just don't think he could be trusted to be consistent no, of course not. Like, I don't think the he trusted him. He'd just roll him out there. Like, let's, let's hope that this goes
0: well. Right. Like he's, he's so weird. Like he's a good scorer and he's a good playmaker and he's a good shooter. And yet you don't trust him to do any of that stuff. Right. And let's be honest. Like, I don't know if it's just cause he's this like kind of tall skinny white guy, right. Who like just it does these facts. snarls and he's got like kind of a, a decent handle, but not a great handle. Like there's nothing about his game that gives you a ton of confidence, but to his credit, he's not afraid of taking shots. He's not afraid of stepping up into moments, and he he really actually wants those moments. And there is value in that. They just have to keep him relatively contained within what they want to do. But no, like there's no reason to be like, yeah, Tyler Hero. I'm definitely betting over on whatever his numbers are. <laughs> like no, there's there's no way.
1: The Bucks right now, Zach Harper, are plus two sixty in the East. They're six and a half to one to win a championship. I've watched a lot of the Bucs this year. There is no freaking way like that team falls apart in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. I didn't love the doc move. Maybe you can elucidate on that a little bit. I didn't love the doc move. There's just
0: weird energy around the team right now. It's it's because they're like they're good, right? In terms of like they're winning games, they're like 16 games over 500 or whatever they are. And yet, no, I don't even think people in Milwaukee believe in them right now. Like, that's the crazy, like, you don't see a lot of bucks fans going, Hey, don't talk about the, butt." like, they're good. Like, you don't see that their offense is incredible. Their defense is highly mediocre. Uh, Doc Rivers has come in and he like defensive doc rivers is one of my favorite press conferences because he's like giving (laughs) himself credit for ATOs, like, you know, plays coming out of timeouts and everything. And it's just such a like, he's like, it's like, he's trying to talk himself into the bucks in real time to the press. I like they can't defend anybody. I don't know that he'll be able to figure that out for them, but still there is part of me that goes, well, they got Giannis and they got Dame and that might be good enough to get through the East. Like it just might be because those guys are so dynamic and so incredible. But I mean, we're like, they picked up a 60 year old Patrick Beverly. We're like, well, that should help the defense. That's how bad their defense is right now. Uh,
5: They're the second shot in the East. The second shot in the West is the Clippers. Your favorite in the East is the Celtics. Who do you trust less come the postseason, the number one seed Celtics or the number two seed Clippers? I mean, it's look
0: as much as I cannot stand any soundbite from Joe Mazzulla trying to sound interesting. Like he he just can't (laughs) clean that up nicely, Zach. He's got the worst quotes in the NBA. Like he's the Carl Anthony Towns of coach (laughs) quotes. Like he just he, he just leaves you scratching your head left and right constantly talking about the town and he's doing jujitsu and having people film it and practice and stuff. Like, it's just weird. And yet the Clippers, like I trust Kawhi Leonard more than just about any player in the last 25 years. Kawhi Leonard is legit. He's that good. He's healthy. But James Harden, playoff fraud, Paul George, playoff fraud, Clippers, playoff frauds. like, it's, it's asking a lot of Kawhi. So I'll say I trust the Celtics more, but I do. I am kind of behind this Clippers team. Like if you made me pick today, I might pick the Clippers to win it all just because i'm so in on Kawhi.
1: yeah our boy jvt jonathan von togel hardwood handicappers he's all in on the clippers this year z harp don't go anywhere because when we return gotcha. you did write recently about the warriors don't count them out yet is that what you said zach we'll talk yeah, about the Golden state warriors yet. don't count them out yet and then also we've got to get to the lakers zach harper the athletic nba writer he's just the best at talk hoops on twitter we're back sharp money this is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. OK, Sharp Money presented by DraftKings as we welcome you back. The hangover continues. Did Z-Harp get into the Super Bowl? We welcome, of course, Dustin Sweetelson, Zach Harper. See, Zach, he's not just the NBA. He used to work with us at Mad Dog Sports Radio. So he did sports talk. He did it yeah. a little unconventionally, which is why we like Zach Harper. Talk hoops on yeah. Twitter, The Athletic. Did you get into the Super Bowl?
0: 49ers fan, man. I I went in. Oh, that's full, right. Full open heart, and, but knowing full open heart, but knowing Patrick Mahomes is going to rip it out. Like, <laughs> like just the whole time. And everyone, you know, people are talking about, oh, well, if they hadn't missed that extra point. If That extra point hadn't been blocked. Then they, you know, it's, they went I'm like, no, then Patrick Mahomes would have just gotten a touchdown at the end of regulation, as opposed to needing to go to overtime and getting the touchdown. I never doubted for the. I also think he's the greatest ever. Like miss me with your Tom Brady resumes. Tom Brady's great. Don't get me wrong. One of the greatest ever. Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback I've ever seen.
1: So, I mean, I have eyeballs. (laughs) I do (laughs) watch them play the position like he is better than Tom Brady. That's not an objective. That's like it's not a subjective conversation. Again, that's objective. He's better at the position. Come on. Stop.
0: He's just uh, just he does way more like it's it's it, it does way more at an elite level. Like he's just the greatest ever. And at some point his resume will surpass or match Tom Brady's. And then what are we doing?
1: Here's a question I have for you. I don't know if you have, you've been doing this for a long time. So I don't know, pardon me, if you have an MVP vote. So I don't know if you're a voter, but maybe you can help the better. You do. Okay. So you have to be careful here, Mm -hmm. but let me ask you this way. Like I thought after Embiid last year, and this is for the better, so again, you have to be careful, so you you can be diplomatic about it. I thought after Embiid, he went on his promotional tour to win the MVP last year. I thought, you know, maybe there was some fatigue with Jokic. There was no chance he wasn't going to win the MVP this year if he remained healthy. A couple of weeks ago, he's up to plus 250 in the MVP market, Jokic, and now he's minus 150 Gilgis, Alexander is plus 280 without getting into trouble. Can you help us understand how the narrative shapes this market?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think for a lot of people and we see this more with like coach of the year, right, where it's like, oh, this came out of nowhere. We didn't expect this guy to be so good. Must be coach of the year, right? It's usually our expectations were wrong. Someone surpassed them and we give them coach of the year with MVP, look, I, Jokic is the best player in the world, right? Like I, I don't think that's debatable. Like he is by far the most dominant best player in the world right now. Um, I think the Shea Gilders Alexander one is deserving. He's been unbelievable. It's like 31 points a game on like 65% true shooting with like six assists, five rebounds. Like he's been unbelievable. His defense is good. They're really good. They might end up being the one seed in the West. I think part of it is, wow, look at this jump. He's got to be in the mix and and it's fun to give it to someone who plays like him. And it just for some reason, people like watching that kind of style more than Jokic. There's all these things that factor into where he is getting the buzz right now. I also think Kawhi Leonard should be getting a lot of buzz. Luka should be getting a lot of buzz. Tatum should be getting a lot of buzz. Like there are all these guys who haven't really gotten much because most of the season we were like, is Embiid going to hit the threshold for games. We got to wait on this now that he won't. I think people are starting to focus more on other options.
5: So do you think there's a world though with Jokic, them playing so late into last year, his body, the way it is them having like a lack of depth. So they definitely need him at a hundred percent for the postseason. And their mindset is just, let's go back to back. Is there any chance they start resting him at all? And he doesn't meet the threshold. And then with that, you mentioned Kawhi. I've got him 100 to one, and I've got another mm-hmm. guy at 125 to one. Just does Jalen Brunson have any shot of winning this award? No, but I I think he'll get on
0: some ballots for for Brunson. Like I, you know, his numbers are good. He's been excellent. I thought I voted him as a uh, you know for the media vote. I voted him as a starter uh, for the East guards. Like I think I think he's been that good, but they're probably going to have to be like the two seed for that to happen. Still very possible. I just don't see it happening with the OG and injury with the Julius Randall injury. I, I just think they're going to take a little bit of a hit and not finish high enough with all the competition around him. As for Jokic, It's really up to Denver to decide, like, how much does a game seven at home matter to us? Right. Like, I think that they are confident enough that they they've been kind of sleepwalking through the season, too. And that's how good they are. They're still this dominant. But I don't think they look at this as a we've got to be the number one seed. We've got to do this. We've got to. I think they're confident that what we have, as long as it's healthy, is good enough. We can go into any building, win any game. And for that reason, I don't know if they will rest him a lot, but I think we'll see them pull back on a lot of what that team does i tend to be pretty
1: common sense so i like the world better with steph curry in it Mm -hmm. and right now playing 10 seed 26 and 25 I i just love the guy i still care about the warriors um you said recently in the athletic don't quite count them out yet where are you on the 26 and 25 golden state warriors
0: You know, part of this might just be the resume talking and nostalgia talking, which is weird to think about something from, you know, two years ago being nostalgic. But I like there's part of me that just Steph is still so good and so elite at what he does and Draymond's still very good at what he does and you see flashes from clay and you see a couple of glimpses from Wiggins here and there. And the you know, the Pachemski, the rookie that they've got has been so good for them. Kuminga has been on fire since he cut his hair, which I'm sure that's the reason. Like Mm -hmm. there's just so much going on with them where they're starting to play really good basketball that I'm like, all right, I'll raise an eyebrow at that. I I think I like, I can see them getting to the conference finals. I don't think it's likely at this point. I think they've been way too inconsistent. Um, But I, I think that they could ruin a lot of postseasons. I think there are a lot of teams hoping that they do not get through that playing tournament because you do not want to face them in the first round as a one or two seed.
5: How many more years do we have of this like little run of the Warriors? Cause it feels like with Draymond, isn't it getting old? Isn't it time to move on? I think I just saw Nurkic tw- subtweeting about something Draymond did like 45 minutes ago. I don't know what he did. Something about a therapy session. So like feels and with the way clay looks like, is it going to just start over with Steph?
0: I don't know, man. Like I like I think they have some moves they can make in the summer or in the next year or two where they could retool around Steph as long as he's still this good. He might just be another LeBron, right? Like we might just get this out of our superstars now, where everybody is just great until they decide to stop playing. Like they make it, everyone makes it to forty-five and they're still great, and that's where science is and that's where training is. That might be Steph coming up pretty soon as well. But with them, like I mean, after that after that game against the Suns the other night. Is there any part of you that believes Draymond has learned his lesson? Like, <laughs> no. None, right? Like, no. no. I fully no. expect him to he's get suspended so again this season. Like, he's... Uh, like, there's just no... Like, they. what did you learn from your suspension and from your counsel and everything? He's like, I learned that we're a really great team when I'm on the court. That's not something... That, like, you knew that before. They didn't learn that from your suspension. Like, he should, he, he's gonna get he, somebody again. No, he is... He's actually a
1: brilliant person. He's the smartest yeah. dumb person on the planet. Like... <laughs> emotional intelligence doesn't exist because that, that dude is very bright. I got to say, I thought that was
0: me or Swede. So that's, that's <laughs> devastating. <laughs> for both of us. I have to,
1: I have to ask about the Lakers. So yeah. playing a little bit better, two games above 500 sitting nine in the playing
0: I mean, like, <sighs> is there any party that thinks that what happened last year is going to happen again? Right, like they made these changes that, and got you know good role players and everything. Like with Vando out, he's a, he's a big part of what they can do defensively and, and on the boards. D'Lo has been better lately, but still inconsistent. Spencer Dinwiddie's shooting like 37% this year, and we're like that'll fix the offense. Bring him off the bench. Like I, I just I don't know that they have enough. I think they should have made moves. I think this whole idea, like I'm so out on first round picks, and like you got to save them now. Like. I, At a certain point, you're the Lakers. You have 39-year-old LeBron still playing this way. AD has been healthy. You have some decent role players around them. You have to give up all these future picks, whatever you can, to go get help now. Like this whole, like, well, we got to take care of our future. No, your future is right now. You have to do what you can to compete for titles. Otherwise, you're wasting this. And I don't know if LeBron's actually going to leave, but I would be doing what I can to optimize this stardom. Because once LeBron's gone, we've seen that AD story before. That thing's going to get real mediocre.
5: Uh, Before we go, Zach, because Cinephobe, the best movie podcast out there. Is it Rotten Tomatoes, poorly rated movies? Yes. Yes. So over the summer, I watched Con Air for the first time and thought of you as I live tweeted my actual real reactions as it came down. First time. I need another movie in that similar vein cult kind of classic that's kind of so bad it's good where I will watch it. I will live tweet it again. I will give you all the credit for it.
0: All right, we're gonna stay in the cage family. Have you seen? Have you seen
5: uh, Face Off? I was. That's what I was gonna suggest, Face Off, because it's hockey, right? There's hockey involved. I think. No, no, there's, there's absolutely no. They're there's just no hockey. <laughs> off. No, there's, no, you're thinking of. You're
0: thinking of sudden death with yes! jean Claude Van Damme. That's now, it. that's another movie you absolutely <laughs> should watch. All right, let's go. Hard Target with Van Damme, Sudden Death with Van Damme, Universal Soldier with Van Damme. Those are all you have to. And then for Cage, you got to watch Snake Eyes. It's Atlantic City. It's boxing. It's you'll love it. And and uh, Face Off is we'll go face off first. All right. We'll go face off first. The greatest action movie.
1: I, I don't think people realize that Zach Harper is the biggest Nicolas Cage stan on the planet. Is that
0: fair? I'm writing a book about it. Oh,
1: no, you're no, 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 you're
0: you're jesting, you're jesting. I swear, 20 individual essays that are, it's gonna, it's, I I outlined it, I've started writing it, I'll be trying to sell it to publishers soon. It's, it, trust me, this is the, this is my next year and a half. The Nick Cage
1: book is gonna be lit. That is amazing. Oh, Zach Harper. It's great to have you back. Look forward to talking to you during the NBA season. The Athletic. You can find everything Zach Harper at Talk Hoops. Feel better, my friend. And thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. OK, there goes Zach Harper. We're coming back. College basketball with our boy, Mike Randall. Next here. Sharp Money.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting
1: network. Randall the GOAT coming up. Become a VSIN pro right now. You can get Randall's plays, get everybody's plays, daily best bets, access to the betting splits. Upcoming, we've got the March Madness Betting Guide. Right now, a special offer, $9.99. You can afford it. VCN.com slash subscribe. Give it a try. If you don't like it, then say goodbye. But check it out. vCN.com slash subscribe. We welcome you back here on Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, Super Bowl hangover. So we transition to a little college basketball. Dustin Sweetelson, we bring in the goat mike randall ftn network chief content officer at randall rant on twitter and that is very important because it appears you've been having some beef on twitter lately so why don't let's just back up and start here now you're quite pointed at randall rant on twitter and one thing you came out and said you are you, you you people are a bunch of donks shanahan his call in overtime to take the ball that was the right call
3: Patrick, ex post facto analysis here. Folks, if this went to two overtimes and he didn't have the ball, we'd be lambasting him. Well, you can't give Patrick Mahomes four. Why not? Suppose you take the ball, go down, score a touchdown. Now you've put pressure on them, and you can adjust your defense because you know they need to score a touchdown. Please stop with this. The guy analyzed it in Shanahan. He wanted the ball first in sudden death. Everything makes sense. By the way, give his defense a little rest, too. In the fourth quarter, everybody's saying it's obvious. Nothing's obvious. You're sitting there, armchair quarterback, ex post facto. He's fine. The Chiefs won. Pay the man his money, like they say in rounders.
1: Wait, hold on. Did you how did it turn out at FTN? Now, you weren't just side in total, obviously a billion props as well. Once the dust had settled, how'd you finish out?
3: Very solid. 66% of my bets across the board. I uh, came on here uh, with Matt and Mike on Sunday, and we went 4-2, and two, which I'm thrilled with. Pacheco, 5 million carries, couldn't get to the over. That one hurt. But Mahomes overrushing was an automatic because the receivers can't get open. I mentioned that. Brandon Ayuk under 61.5. Travis Kelsey was looking good. But when Greenlaw got hurt, guys, all of a sudden Kelsey woke up, came out of the coffin. So that one was unlucky. Chiefs, we hit plus 2.5, easy money. And how about my guy, MBS? getting over the key number of 18 and
5: a half. So oh, good day overall. First season for you guys over at FTN, having Aaron shots and, and his DVOA, obviously a statistic, everyone of the betting community is obsessed with. How did that help you guys this year with all the edges you guys were able to have? Oh,
3: it's fantastic with the models, with the projections, with DVOA. It's been amazing. You can go DVOA versus wide receiver, which is why we just continue to cash the opposing wide receiver ones against the Chiefs, because the numbers showed that. So having Aaron with us has been fantastic. He's here for several years. We're thrilled about it. Really has boosted our models, boosted our ability to handicap
1: games, lines, props, the whole thing. And Shots was taking some hits, or dare I, Randall, some shots, because... He had the goal not to put Lamar Jackson 1 in the MVP market. He actually went Josh Allen. I have no problem with it, but first off, it's great promotion for FTN. Where were you on the Jackson-Allen conversation?
3: Yeah, hashtag I stand with Aaron. Guys, the idea that Lamar Jackson had to be a unanimous MVP is ridiculous. Tom Brady wasn't a unanimous MVP one of the years he won it. I mean, folks, Lamar Jackson really separated himself very late in the season. Aaron is that they accused him of being a homer. He's a Patriot fan. What are we talking about here? He gave a statistical reason why he felt Josh Allen was more valuable to the Bills. And oh, by the way, guys, what they went six, seven straight games to make the playoffs and be the two seed? I think it's a pretty compelling argument. And he had Lamar second. It's not like he left Lamar Jackson off the ballot. So just ridiculous, getting a ton of criticism. Bring the heat here, folks, because we have analysis backed by data. This is not a narrative-based thing. He's not a Bills fan. Anything you want to paint, it was a strong argument. It made total sense. And Lamar Jackson, 49 people out of 50 voting him. You're just following the sheep, folks. Enough. Josh Allen first, Lamar second, hashtag I stand with Aaron.
5: I agree. I I had a Lamar (laughs) Jackson MVP ticket, by the way. Super down year for the MVP market. Really, really. Lamar won because the team played well and he wasn't messing things up. He had a really good year, but it wasn't a special year. It wasn't overwhelming when it comes to stats. So my question would be, Mike, who would have gotten your vote if you had a vote?
3: Yeah, I'm fine giving it to Lamar and I would have voted Lamar first, but I think it's really close is my point. Honestly, I'm surprised Tyreek Hill didn't get more votes. You want to talk about value. How about him with Offensive Player of the Year? I know Christian McCaffrey's great, uh, uh, understandable. But McCaffrey, Purdy, you're splitting the votes here. There is no doubt that Tyreek Hill was more valuable to his team than most of the other players here. So I would have went Lamar one, probably Josh two and Tyreek three. That's where I would have went. McCaffrey's great. He was a lock for Offensive Player of the Year. But I think Tyreek was sold short. Because remember, guys, for the first two-thirds of the season, it was about Tyreek Hill breaking that wide Receiver record, And he was on pace to do it here. No problem with Josh Allen. I would have voted Lamar, but I think it's really close. And if I knew 49 or 50 people were going to vote for Lamar Jackson, that is ridiculous.
1: So a few weeks ago at the Randall household in beautiful New Jersey, they got a ping pong table and the lovely Mrs. Randall rant and Mike Randall had a discussion. Look, we've got a nine year old son, but I want to pummel his ass in ping pong and teach him a lesson. Your wife more of a bleeding heart, said you got to let them win. You said, not only am I going to let not them let win, when I beat them, I'm going to slam the paddle down and say that's called greatness. However, breaking news, your nine-year-old son just beat you in ping pong. Yeah, last night. It, was, it wasn't It
3: was going the right way. On my serves, he, he's slamming back on me. I could tell, you know, the hands are fluttering. You could tell he felt the mojo here. It was like watching Mahomes coming down the field, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And sure enough, I was struggling. I went for the, the serve, the quick serve, to try to get him. I missed the table. He spun the, the paddle back. He goes, that's greatness, and walk away. I almost teared up, guys. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to be careful now Randall because you're still got to be the alpha when you got a sub 10 kid and the fact that he just beat you there might be different vibes at the household moving
5: forward
3: oh don't worry about it we're going to take a shot next time we'll take a slam that'll miss the table but may hit him you know what I'm saying right? well I so, like yeah, we to put it back can, this place.
5: can you can you still beat him in basketball I think that's always the key like can you still in, in regular basketball can you still take him down
3: you know, what's funny, Dustin, he is a great shooter. We go around the world. He's great. He's just not into the up and down yet. So I'm trying to get it. I hooked. think
5: that's the Steph Curry effect. None of the kids these days can yes. bang in the paint. So but you he always have really that. Good. And he is really good at golf. I don't know where that started
3: because I'm not a good golfer. God knows that. So, yeah, I, we're, we're into it. But that one hurt. That one hurt last night. I wanted to hold the ball. I was really trying, guys, when it got to 15 to 12, I'm like, we got to put him away. But I couldn't do it. He, he played well.
1: We've got a great college basketball slate. You've got five plays. Randall, we'll come back and get to those. But let's start because, as you know, Super Bowl just wraps and a lot of people turn their attention. You got the conference tournaments coming up, of course, Selection Sunday, then into obviously the tournament. Let's start talking about a few teams. And, you know, whether it's Kempom or whomever right now, most as far as the advanced analytics have Houston won. Are you cool with that or do you have somebody else?
3: Yeah, they can put them there, but now they don't win the national title. Uh, Houston has too many struggles on offense here. Again, their defense is superior. They had the chance the other year whether you could go to Houston and win the Final Four there. I don't think Houston has the chops to win the national championship. They're great statistically and great on defense. But remember, guys, this is played at a neutral site. You've seen a little bit of them in the neutral site where they've struggled here. So I don't think their advantage is as big as it's been in other years. But I have no problem with them at one. Uh, Let
1: let me just let me just jump on UConn and Purdue. We've seen Painter before and obviously Hurley cut down the nets last year. Those are the two shortest on the board at six and a half to one. Is that rightful?
3: Yeah, it's rightful. Uh, Listen, the only argument, Patrick, I can give you right now against UConn is that it's hard to repeat. But if you look at the numbers and look at how they've played and how they've played with and without Donovan Klingin, Danny Hurley's done a remarkable job. And then as for Purdue here, yes, Zach Eadie inside is a monster, and he doesn't foul and he makes his free throws. But the big key, guys, is they're shooting 40% from three-point range. You have a seven-foot-four reigning national player of the year, and Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith are now sophomores, and that team is shooting 40% from three-point range. Don't tell me about Matt Painter suffering in March Madness because Diaquite doesn't hit that shot. Chop- from half court for Virginia with Carson Edwards there they probably won a national title it's that fickle that's where this is we saw Virginia get knocked out in the first round of UMBC and win a title and it is definitely possible Purdue this year
5: uh team want to quickly run by you I think the number is a little too long based on the the few times I've watched them North Carolina 15 to one I feel like when you have Davis and you have Baycott like that's a dangerous duo come tournament time what's your take on the Tar Heels
3: Yeah, R.J. Davis should be a first-team All-American. He's got to be because he's the difference maker. If R.J. Davis wasn't on that team, guys, I think literally three, four more losses. That's how good he is. I don't trust Hubert here in a big spot, and their bigs have been a little lackadaisical. You know, Baycock can go in and out. Harrison Ingram, if he hits it, he's like Brady Manick. He can make Dustin that big a difference with this team. I don't see North Carolina cutting the nets down. I'm staying away from them. But R.J. Davis is—you have a great point guard like him. You have a chance in any game here. So a little bit lower for me, but I don't blame you for taking a shot because he's that good.
1: I I, didn't—I didn't hear anything about South Carolina there, Randall. South—the gamecocks are legit, my friend. You didn't bring
3: him up. That's why. I'll talk about it. next segment.
1: They're legit. Now they're boring to watch. And they play at a snail's pace, but it's a good basketball team and a very good coach. When we come back, Mike Randall's got five college basketball plays coming up next here. Sharp Money.
6: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
1: This
4: is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on vSEN, the sports betting network.
1: Okay, there in Jersey, Randall, tell your son this week on DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet. If your first bet loses, it's a great deal specifically for VCN customers. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We learned more. I'll save it for next time, but we m- learned more about Mike Randall during the break just adds to the legend as we welcome you back here. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson downtown Las Vegas at the DFTN Network Chief Content Officer. Mike Randall joins us live from Jersey, and we're going to start here. You've got Wisconsin hosting Ohio State, laying four and a half in the first half, and then full game nine. Let's start with an overview on the Big Ten, of course. Purdue sitting atop the conference, Illinois, Northwestern. Wisconsin, who's ranked 20th, Michigan State. Just an overview where you're at on the Big Ten, then we'll get into the game.
3: Yeah, the Big Ten, it's been a big difference here. They've made a, a pull-away here with Purdue, and God bless them. And listen, there's some great storylines. Brad Underwood, Illinois, has found a way to keep that team together with Terrence Shannon being off the court, then coming back again. you got Michigan State and Izzo in March is still looming. Northwestern, Chris Collins. And Wisconsin's still hanging around, but Purdue is really separated because, as we said in the prior segment, again, 40% from three-point range and the reigning national player here in the middle who doesn't foul, rough combination.
1: Wisconsin. So you're going to lay it now. That's kind of an antiseptic barn where they play there on campus. I I don't like the vibes. However, they are laying four and a half in the first and nine full game here, Randall.
3: Oh, tell me, guys, why is a team that's lost four straight games favored by nine points and it's Wisconsin? They play at a slow pace. Get out of here. We want to buy like. What Dan Aykroyd, Nettie Murphy, and trading places back in the 80s. We want to buy when the orange juice is low, and it can't be any lower than Wisconsin here. This is a bounce back spot. We talked in the prior segment South Carolina, Tennessee, Wisconsin, veteran teams, shoot the three well, well coached, huge bounce back tonight. They need this game in the worst way. Don't be swayed because the teams lost a bunch of games in a row. UConn lost 4 6 last year. No one was talking about them. They won the national title. Wisconsin is good. Ohio State's terrible. Chris Holtman is a dead man walking there with the Buckeyes. Wisconsin bounce back, start to finish, just like TCU last night against West
5: Virginia. You got to stay on top of those pork belly futures too. I remember that from trading places. Uh, You've got a bet in a game that I was thinking of firing on. You're going to look at Butler catching four and a half at home against Marquette. They already won at Marquette earlier in the year. So a bit of a revenge spot spot for Marquette. But at home, this Butler team under Thad Mono, 11 and 2 and 13, 8 and 2 to the over. What made you pull the trigger on the home dog here in conference play?
3: Yeah, I just wish Butler had lost to Marquette the first game, Dustin, and this would have been a classic slam here. It's four and a half. I think that's enough. Look, Marquette has been on a roll. They've been incredible. They got the nation's ninth longest winning streak at seven games. But Butler at home is very tough. They're right on the bubble. They need this matchup, and they're shooting well from three-point range. Within conference play here, 36% and they do not turn the ball over. So they don't turn the ball over. They shoot it well. They make their free throws almost 80%. I think it's a coin flip game. I will take the points. I agree. It's a bounce back spot, a revenge spot for Marquette, but Butler is playing equally well. The only game they lost here is to Connecticut and they've won five of six. I think four and a half is too many. I am taking Butler here over Marquette.
1: College basketball, Mike Randall, FTM, joins us here on Sharp Money. Let's go to two teams that are 19 and five. A good matchup in Reno tonight. New Mexico at Nevada. Right now, I've got Nevada laying a point. Looks like that number's dropped off the opener.
3: Yeah, I like Nevada here. New Mexico, guys, not on the road, at home, is absolutely lethal. Hanging 88, 99 points. They got the great guard trio of Jalen House, Donovan Dent, and Jamal Mashburn. But, guys, I struggle to find their defensive rating in this matchup with Nevada. Nevada's playing very strong defensively. This is a a matchup here. They got blitzed 89-55 Nevada against New Mexico down in the pit. And tell me why. Fingers in the air, windhorst. Why is Nevada favorite in this game? Because Nevada is the real deal. And if you look at New Mexico on the road, what have they done? New Mexico goes on the road here, and that they've beaten Air Force, they've beaten San Jose State, but they also lost the big to Colorado State and UNLV. I think this Nevada team is more balanced. I question New Mexico on the road, and I think Nevada is one of the Mountain West teams that can make noise in March. I know everybody likes New Mexico because Richard Pitino and the high scoring, but on the road, they're a different team. I'll take Nevada at home to keep it going here. They're the sleeper in the Mountain West.
5: Well, that game's down to one. It was three last night. I was looking at the VEASAN betting splits, and it was very clear there was a lot of sharp money on the Wolfpack, and it looks like they got bet down to one. Wow. Uh, Last one from you today interested going against drake with evansville catching eight drake's a team that can shoot it i'll be honest i watched them one time their opener against lipscomb they didn't cover in the first half for me haven't turned them on since but there was a lot of hype for this drake bulldogs team coming into the year why are you fading them on the road today Yeah, I'm not a Drake guy. I still think we're living off
3: the reputation with Drake when they went 16-0 and covered 16 straight games a couple of years to start the season. They're coming off a big win at Bradley. I give them all credit. This is a letdown spot here against Evansville, an Evansville team that beat Bradley at home, an Evansville team that has beaten Valpo, Illinois State, Illinois, Chicago as well. I think this is too many points here on the road rivalry game Evansville. I think Drake's a little overrated when they're home. They're great. But when they're away, I think they can be beat here. This is an Evansville team at home that shoots very well over 38% from three point range. So combine the letdown spot on the road in the Missouri Valley. I like Evansville with David Ragland too many points for me. I think Drake's a little bit overrated. I don't think they're at the level of Indiana state and Bradley, even though they just beat Bradley kudos to them. I don't think Drake's coming out of the Missouri Valley in conference tournament time. So I'll take the eight points here.
1: Oh, and Dustin has a question for you, Mike Randall, joining us about Kentucky. But I want to talk about him Matt. I can't wait to watch Iowa State and Cincinnati tonight in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's Lane, a point and a half, Randall. You know what? That feels like you and Shorty, your wife, get together and watch that game together. You know how you do in the Randall household. But I want to ask you about these two teams because Iowa State hits the road. This is a team that's fought their way into the nation's top ten but the Bearcats have been tough. They've been a tough out since joining the big 12 and specifically at home played Houston down to the wire. Again, they're not invincible at home, but it's a good Cincinnati team. They can't score, but defensively they're great.
3: Yeah, this was head versus heart with me guys, which is why I did not put this on the list. My heart is with Iowa state. I got a future ticket on them. They are fantastic with TJ also really believe in this team. They can win on the road and they can still win the big 12. However, Cincinnati at home, very tough. Line is too thin. C.J. Frederick, the Kentucky transfer who can make threes, he just joined the team again, only played two minutes the other day. He could make a huge difference, hit some shots tonight. It was too close to call for me. I love Iowa State in my heart. My head says Cincinnati, a no play for me because I love Iowa State. I love the Cyclones because when you get to the tournament, you have to be able to play in the half court. South Carolina which is why a team like Iowa State is so dangerous.
5: And this is a game Cincinnati needs if they're going to make the tournament, right? Like, absolutely need to win this one for their hopes. Uh, Have to ask you about Kentucky. They've lost two of three at home. Now tonight they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Ole Miss. Is this a bounce-back, spot for Kentucky to get right? Or are things over for Coach Cowan Lexington?
3: Yeah, you can keep running at the football when Lucy's holding it, but she's going to (laughs) keep pulling it away. I am done with Kentucky. It's over. Listen, Cal is a let's go guy, an LG guy. A Lot of clapping, a lot of momentum. Fired up, <laughs> bringing the players. He's not an X and O guy. A few years ago, when he had Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, Bill Self comes in to Kentucky, into Lexington, does an inverted triangle and in two, and Calipari scratching his head like the gift of the guy who has no idea what's going on. It's not working. It's February. They can't figure out defense. They gave up 94, 103, 89. Those are Keno numbers at home here to Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Florida. Here comes Chris Beard, who is a 100 times the coach that John Calipari is as a technician. It's done. I don't expect Cal to be on the sidelines next year in Kentucky. It's just not working. And Trey Mitchell, who you know, Dustin, was brought in to be the big man here. All of a sudden, he's MIA yet again on his third or fourth team. So things are falling apart in Kentucky. I'll take Old Miss with the defense and the points. Not one of my top plays, but I'm done. I don't see a bounce back here in Lexington. Not when they couldn't beat Gonzaga.
1: Favorite player I've watched this year, Connect, the transfer at Tennessee. I'll be curious. He can stroke it. So I'll be curious as far as the NBA. Where are you on Connect?
3: Love Connect. Love Tennessee. This is it. Everybody hates Rick Barnes. They say he's like the flu. Comes on strong in the winter and fades out in March. Not buying it, guys. Rick Barnes with Texas. Made a Final Four with TJ Ford. All Tennessee ever needed was a go-to score, and they happened to Connect. I know they got blown out of Texas A&M. I don't care. On a neutral court, this team is really tough. Connect, to me, is a top 20 pick. He can score. He can get to the basket. One of the few guys who has transferred up, Connect, from Northern Colorado, that has actually had a bigger impact than when he was at the smaller school. Love them. Love Tennessee. Love Rick Barnes this year.
1: Snow outside in Jersey. Ping-pong college hoops at the randall household tonight does it does it get better than that randall
3: no way i'm spiking it on him too maybe we'll leave him on
1: (laughs) you know what right in the eyeball ftn (laughs) network chief (laughs) chief content officer apologize later at randall rant on twitter he's the goat mike randall thanks randall appreciate you Love you guys. Thanks. All right. Love you too, buddy. There he goes. Mike Randall, five plays in college hoops tonight. We're coming back. v managing editor. It's a Berkey Tuesday. Adam Burke.
0: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.